from Jordan-Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the recruiting trail and all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle? Or War Eagle. That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Auburn Undercover Podcast. I'm Brandon Marcello, Senior Editor of Auburn 24-7 Sports. Thanks for joining me. Man, what a weekend. <laughs> what a week. Uh, Salt Lake City uh, was a lot of fun to watch some basketball. And, of course, Auburn. Man, they just absolutely demolished Kansas. You guys know that. You watched it. And if you haven't watched a game... Why are you listening to this? Because we're going to talk all basketball pretty much on this podcast. Uh, oh, my goodness. Sitting courtside at that game there at uh, Vivint Smart Home Arena. By the way, what a name for an arena. Um, was something else. About five minutes of that game, you you just knew Auburn was going to win. And not necessarily because they were hitting all those shots. Obviously, that was the thing. But they were so much more athletic than Kansas up close. When you watched it, it was so noticeable. I just knew that even if Auburn went cold shooting the ball, they were going to be able to drive past Kansas and do whatever they wanted to to get to the basket and score points. Um, Auburn was a better team than Kansas. I I think if they played that game again, they'd win it again. I think Auburn would win it 7 out of 10 times, if not 8 out of 10 times. Um but what a performance by Bryce Brown. Hit 7 of 11 three-pointers. Auburn hit 13 as a team. Both school records in the NCAA tournament. Bryce Brown moves into second place in the SEC and all-time three-pointers in a career. Um, I don't think he's going to catch Chris Lofton, who, by the way, was also a Bruce Pearl player. I talked to Chris Lofton uh, actually earlier on Monday uh, for a story I'm working on uh, later this week. But – um. Goodness gracious, Solver's just shooting the leather off the ball right now. And they got to continue to do that uh, heading to the Sweet 16. Um, because this North Carolina team, guys, is as fast. Well, I don't know if they're as fast. They're as athletic and can drive the ball. And they can shoot the three-pointer, just like Auburn. They play a similar style as Auburn. They love to get in transition. They are great defensive rebounders. They're great rebounders overall. They doubled up Washington in their second round game, 48 rebounds to 24 in that basketball game. They end up winning 81 to 59 to advance the Sweet 16, where they're going to play Auburn in Kansas City at the Sprint Center. Um, So this is going to be the toughest game of the year for Auburn, obviously, for a lot of reasons. Lead eight's on the line. Auburn's only been to lead eight once in their history. North Carolina's North Carolina. I mean, this is like, what, their 32nd or 36, one of those two numbers, appearance in the Sweet 16. Four out of the last five years they've been to the Sweet 16. But this team is a little bit different. And we're going to talk a little bit more about North Carolina here. We're going to bring in Ross Martin of InsideCarolina.com. And I, and I want to ask him a little bit more about this Carolina team and what to expect. I've done my research. I've only watched them play in like one and a half games this year. He's watched them up close. So I, I just want to get his thoughts on what this Carolina team is and how can they be defeated. Um, 
by Auburn. In my opinion, you just got to hit three-pointers <laughs> if you're Auburn. Just keep doing that because I don't think Auburn's going to be able to out-rebound North Carolina. Um, but they could turn them over, you would think. They've turned everybody over here during this stretch. I think, you know, going back to this weekend at Salt Lake City, you know, that New Mexico State game, it got hairy at the end. We all know that. Um, and it was because of turnovers. Auburn turned the ball over, which was completely uncharacteristic of them. I think they were a little gassed and tired in that game because New Mexico State had some very, very fast guards, probably the fastest guards Auburn's faced all season, and they had to keep up with them. And I think Auburn was gassed near the end. And then, of course, the storyline was, is Auburn going to be gassed against Kansas? And it, that wasn't something created by the media, by the way. That was Bruce Pearl bringing it up uh, unprompted. That was players bringing it up unprompted because they were so tired after the New Mexico State game. But the hidden key for Auburn in winning games in the NCAA tournament, it's not necessarily hitting three-pointers, which they need to continue to do, but it's that they're not turning the ball over. Uh, eight of their last ten games, I believe, maybe seven of the last ten, they have turned the ball over ten times or less in a game. That's an incredible mark in the postseason and during the end of a regular season because there is so much pressure. But that's when the big-time backcourts step up. They're handling the ball. They don't turn it over. And Auburn's done that in every game practically. Well, really, since the SEC tournament, they've been turning it over 10 times or less. But in the 10 games they've won, um, seven or eight of the last 10, they have not turned the ball over over 10 times. 10 is like their limit. And against New Mexico State, they, they'd only turned the ball over like four times heading into the final three minutes. Then I think they turned it over six times. Or maybe it was 5-5. Five, five. Either way, they turned over the majority. majority of their turnovers in that New Mexico State game in the first round were in the final three minutes when they were gassed. Um, so if they can limit their turnovers and continue to do so against a, by the way, a thicker, longer, and uh, especially bigger lineup in the backcourt than Auburn's accustomed to facing. If they can limit turnovers against them, uh, I like Auburn's chances. Um, the issue facing North Carolina for Auburn is, one, they have a power forward in Luke May who is just a rebounding and scoring machine. He averages a double-double. And then also their guards. They have a six foot nine guard guys that starts they have a six foot five guard these guys are bigger than bryce brown jared harper um they've got a lottery pick on their on their in their starting lineup they have a or actually he's coming off the bench now that i think of it they have another guy who might be a first round pick second round pick starting for them auburn has a nba guy and that's chumo kiki uh, Bruce Pearl said after the Candace game that he doesn't think Chumo Kiki played very well uh, in Utah. I thought he played well, especially in the first half against Kansas. He had two quick steals and a block that led to points for Auburn. In fact, that block is what led to that one-handed dunk by Jared Harper against the Jayhawks. It almost brought the building down. Um, but Chuma, I think, is just what he's consistently good at is defense. And... Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who he matches up against in North Carolina. 
And as we get closer to the game, I hope to do another podcast to talk more about matchups against North Carolina as we learn more about them, of course. Um, but it's it's really going to be interesting, you know, how this Auburn team matches up, especially in the backcourt against North Carolina. I think that's where they're going to have the most issues. As I mentioned, Luke May, that their their front power forward is a double double machine, but Auburn's got some bodies there to defend him because he's not terribly big. It isn't like he's a seven footer or anything. Um, and now that Austin Wiley's getting healthier and he's playing more minutes, plus you have Horace Spencer and Anthony McLemore to come in. I think Auburn could be okay. That could frustrate him a little bit, but Auburn's got to get some turnovers against North Carolina to have a shot. North Carolina is currently favored by five as I record this. Um, I think almost everybody's going to pick Carolina. But there's a lot of folks out there that think Auburn is the type of team that's built to get to the Final Four, and I I see it. I definitely see it. I see it. they got the shooters. They've got the experience. Um, They don't seem like they get rattled, even though they got rattled near the end of the Mexico State game. But they just don't – it doesn't really bother them. Um, And, boy, I'll I'll tell you this. I think it's very underrated about how – they bounce back after that New Mexico State game. Because guys sitting courtside and watching them walk off the floor, it was like they lost a game when they won it in those final seconds. Then the locker room was just completely like, it was like they lost a game. Um, but they rebounded nicely. I, I think getting that late tip-off, uh, you know, a day and a half later or whatever, or 24 hours or 48 hours later, I should say, rather than playing at 11.30 a.m., they play at 8.40 or 7.40 local time, I should say, at Mountain Time in Salt Lake City. I think that get, that did the world for them and helped them out. Um, but we wrote about, like, the Auburn scout for that game and how perfect it was. Stephen Pearl came up with a great plan. We wrote about that at auburn.247sports.com. You probably go still find that somewhere up there. Um, just really a great game against Kansas. Can they translate that to North Carolina, a bigger team, a longer team? I would think they're comparable to Tennessee guys, um, but they're better than Tennessee. They're they're a better overall team than Tennessee, and they're experienced like Tennessee. They're a little bit more talented and a little bit more consistent than Tennessee. But Auburn's Auburn's beaten Tennessee twice. This, I mean, hey, listen. I am not doubting anything Auburn does because, man, are they on a roll right now. And uh, I am looking forward to traveling to Kansas City to check them out and watch uh, Auburn's first Sweet 16 game since 2003. We're going to have an ad break here, listen to our sponsor, and then we're going to go to Ross Martin with InsideCarolina.com to check in on what he thinks about this matchup in the Sweet 16, more about North Carolina, and what this team for Auburn has to do to beat the Tar Heels. That's coming up next. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The farmer's dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. 
Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Ross Martin of Inside Carolina Beat Writer with the 24-7 Sports Network joins us. Inside Carolina, one of our largest sites, and for good reason. They do a hell of a job. Ross, this North Carolina team, a lot of folks believe is going to win the tournament uh, at the very least, reached the Final Four, and you watched them. They are playing so impressive here, especially late um, throughout the postseason. What's clicking right now for North Carolina? Well, offensively, they've been pretty good all season. Uh, this year in particular, they've been more of a perimeter-based team, and they've been making three-point shots, which has not always been the case for North Carolina. So you combine three-point shooting of, of guys like Cameron Johnson, Luke May, with a freshman phenom in Kobe White, and you have a, a very productive, efficient, dynamic offensive trio. Uh, Kobe White's been spectacular this season as a freshman, 6'5 guard out of Goldsboro, North Carolina. He can get to the basket, can score in transition, and shoot threes. And then they've won, I think, 17 out of the last 19 uh, with losses to Virginia and Duke in that span. Um, and during that time, they've really stepped up on defense. They've been limiting teams in scoring and locking down and always been a strong defensive rebounding team. They held Washington to 59 points on Sunday. And so you combine that productive offense, which is, which is usually the norm for Roy Williams coach teams, combine that with, with better defense, less turnovers, and you know a senior-laden group that has, been, has the same starting lineup for every game but one this whole year. Um, and things are clicking, they're rolling. It's been that way for the last few months for UNC. I want to talk about Garrison Brooks here in a little bit just because he's from the area here and went to Auburn High School, but uh, the guy that stands out to me, you mentioned the perimeter shooting, but the guy that stands out to me every game is Luke May, uh, averaging a double-double. He's averaging nearly 13 shots per game. He's 14 of 35 in the NCAA tournament right now from the field. How crucial is he offensively and then also defensively just cleaning the glass? Because against this Auburn team, Auburn does not rebound very well. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Ross, North Carolina is like plus 50 overall in the tournament. Is that right? And rebound margin? Yeah, they doubled up Washington on Sunday, 48-24. I mean, rebounding is the number one thing that Roy Williams focuses on. He He thinks it's a great indicator of winning and I believe I don't know if anything has changed but UNC is number one defensive rebounding margin I think they're one or two and this is in the nation in rebounds per game and so and it's an undersized team there's, there's no true center uh Garrison Brooks is 6'8 6'9 maybe um and then Luke May is an undersized stretch forward at maybe 6'8 and you asked about Luke May I mean He's such a strong rebounder for his size. He's tough. He's crafty. He's gritty. Um, he just cleans up the glass so well. And that's been really consistent for him. Um, what's been kind of 
up and down this season has been his scoring. Last year he was excellent. Um, he was third-team All-American, first-team All-ACC. His scoring has dipped a little bit. He hasn't been as great of a scorer, but, you know, he's, he's had big games this year. He can score 30 points on you. Um, he can get into that 20-point range pretty easily, and, and he's just one of more of the options. He's tough to guard because he is big and brawny down low, but he can step outside and hit threes. He's had games where he can hit three or four threes. He can score in the mid-range. If the shot's not falling, he can pass, and he can bring the ball off the court too. Um, so don't be uh, swindled by his appearances. He can handle the ball. He can, he can shoot from the outside, but he's really strong around the basket and has great touch. He put 30 points on Duke in the first matchup when Zion's shoe blew out. Yeah. That was kind of the biggest game of his year. Pretty incredible. He's attempted a three-four in the last 10 games, Luke May. And as you said, this is a perimeter-oriented uh, team, but also obviously could do stuff in the inside. I think for for Auburn's sake, on their side, you know, they look at the roster, at least they look at the numbers, the heights and the weights, and they go, oh, w- this isn't like when they play Kansas and they're outmatched in the front court as far as size. But then you look at the guards. North Carolina's got big, bigger guards, um, and that, that could be pr- troublesome and also could be the reason why North Carolina is able to do such a great job rebounding, not necessarily because the guards are getting all the rebounds, but because they're bigger than everybody else and they're helping clear things out. How good are these guards? You mentioned uh, Kobe White, the freshman phenom, but when you've got guys like Kenny Williams out there, uh, Little, who I believe what scored 20 points off the bench against Washington, how, how, how good have these guards been for North Carolina and especially here in the tournament atmosphere? Yeah, it's a real solid group. And the guy that mentioned, Cameron Johnson, is probably the best player on the team in yeah. terms of scoring. He's been able to rebound more this year. He's 6'9". You know, he is as tall as Garrison Brooks and Luke May. Um, and he's getting first-round NBA looks this year, coming back for his final season. He's a transfer from Pitt. Uh, he is dangerous from three. He hit three threes. On Sunday against Washington, and when when he hits three threes, I think UNC is like sixteen and zero. That's a good indicator of of what UNC gets from him, and when they when they can win, uh, it's such a quick release. It's such a great shot. So he has been kind of the the most consistent scorer for UNC. He plays their kind of the small forward three role. Kenny Williams is the best perimeter defender. He's six four six five, and Kobe White is is, is a legit six five. So. The whole starting lineup is over 6'5", and they can all move. Um, Kobe White's one of the fastest players. Roy Williams is coach in the point guard position. Um, Kenny Williams is not as much the scorer. He can score in transition and, and here and there, um, but he's a great passer and a great defender. Roy yeah. Williams loves his defense. He's going to be guarding Auburn's best perimeter defender. Uh, I guess that's Bryce Brown. Sorry, sorry, best perimeter scorer. So I guess that's Bryce Brown. Uh, he'll probably match up with that guy. So, you know, he – he takes a load off UNC's other players uh, in terms of, you know, chasing around screens and doing all the dirty work on the defensive end. He can rebound as well. So, yeah, you said it. They're not a huge team in the front line like you would like some past UNC teams. You know about John Henson and Tyler yeah. Zeller, both about seven feet. But their guards are all above 6'5", and then Cameron Johnson's a 6'9". So it's a long team they can, they can they can win games in a lot of different ways they've won some dirty games um and they can win by just outscoring you as well yeah you mentioned cameron johnson he's hitting 46.3 percent of his three-pointers this year he's scored in double digits in all but two games this year just incredible and as you mentioned 
a lottery pick. Um, what else? Probably a probably a first round pick. Yeah, um, but he he wasn't even like he wasn't even thought of as being a first round pick until this year. So he's really jumped up in the draft stock. Incredible, um, Kobe White uh, as a freshman. Obviously, every year we see freshmen across the country just really pop out. Was North Carolina expecting this from him this year? 16.1 points per game, shooting 42.9%. I think once he got on campus, they started seeing what he could really do. He had he went to a really small high school, a private high school in Goldsboro, North Carolina. Uh, sorry, in Wilson, North Carolina, right by, right by Goldsboro. And um, so he didn't really, I mean, from our perspective, we didn't know how good he could be because he hadn't really gone against top competition. But he did really well at the McDonald's All-American game practices, and uh, yeah, I think he has. You know, I think he has performed outside of expectations. I think he has three of the top five freshman points per game points in a game record for UNC up there with you know all the guys UNC has had. Um, and he's been a great shooter uh, as a rookie, which is not always the case. And he can score at all three levels, transition. Uh, at the basket, mid-range. Yeah, he's been incredible, and I think they've been very surprised. Uh, he's taken over. And I, I think he's UNC's most important player just because of what he does in transition for UNC and his ability to knock down three-point shots. He was four for five in the first half against Washington. Um, and he's a handle, man. He's a lot to handle. He's, he goes he goes so quick, and he's so big. He's strong, too. Um, you know, he's NBA-ready. He yeah. is the guy who could be a lottery pick. And I think entering the season, they thought they could get him for two or three years, and he may be gone. Um, this may be his last couple games here. He may be gone because it's going to be hard to turn down the money he's going to get. Uh, he is dynamic, fun to watch, can score through you know, um, through contact because of the, the strength he has. and He's really a dynamic, kind of athletic 6'5 point guard. And Garrison Brooks – I know he got he got his lip busted pretty but pretty bad in that Washington game. Is that right? Yeah, he missed uh, half of the of the first half. I came back and started the second. Yeah, he had some teeth knocked out, or like a teeth one tooth knocked out, and two teeth like pushed back, and then busted lip stitches. Wow. Yeah, pretty nasty elbow. He's out of Lafayette, Alabama. He actually went to Auburn High School right down the road. Actually, Auburn starting running back on the football team is friends with him. Um, little fact for everybody, Booby Whitlow is a lot of folks know. Um, what's so interesting to me <laughs> is that obviously he came from Auburn's backyard. They, they wanted him, but what, what, what has he brought to North Carolina and what kind of role does he play on that team right now? Yeah, he's not a guy they're going to look to to score a lot, but he's been very consistent as a defender. I think he's gotten a lot better this year as a defender. Um, obviously a metric that's hard to, kind of track um, certainly he's a he's a solid rebounder and he's, he's started every game and he's kind of you can kind of count on him to, to score about eight to ten points a game that you know that seven to eight range get some rebounds and just really do the dirty work down low um in terms of guarding the the best um best player down low he guarded zion in the ACC tournament um he adds a little toughness factor a little grit um that kind of stuff down low. Um, and he's, yeah, he's been solid. I think his improvement is a big reason why UNC is, has been able to be so good this year and a lot better than they were last year. Um, and you know, he was a guy that UNC might have not recruited a couple years ago just yeah. because they had some recruiting issues with the NCAA. 
uh, cloud hanging over the program and they needed some bodies. And I think he committed, I believe he committed somewhere else first and, but always kind of wanted to go to UNC. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he committed to Mississippi state. That's right. Uh, and he committed, uh, there was some, some weird deal with that. I don't know, but, uh, he's been great. He'll be a great four year player for UNC and, and probably a four years. He started some last year, but has been a full-time starter this year. Um, he kind of fills those gaps. He kind of fills I, those gaps for 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 North Carolina. Yeah, rebounding defense and a couple a couple points here and there. More of a he's not going to score uh, in terms of just facing up or back to the basket moves. He's going to get his stuff off of uh, dump down passes and alley oops and yeah. offensive rebounds. He's not going to beat a player one on one for for a basket. So all right. Final question: What is North Carolina's weakness? Because everything you're telling me makes me go, "Man, Auburn's losing this game." <laughs> what What is North Carolina's weakness this season? I think if they don't shoot very well, which they you know, they, they from from the three, they they haven't shot well in certain games. I think against Duke in the ACC tournament, they went four for twenty two. Right. Um, sometimes they do rely too much on the three, which is unusual for Roy Williams' teams because they usually have so much interior scoring. Um, I think if they go against a very long athletic team like Kentucky who beat them, um, that gives them trouble because they just can't – and that's what they lost to last year, Texas A&M. Yeah. They couldn't match up with the, the duo Texas A&M had last year. Um, and that's an issue because Luke May and Garrison Brooks aren't as long and aren't as athletic as some big men are. Um so yeah, and I know. I mean, in the tournament, you know how any team, if they start hitting, getting hot from three in one game, they can beat anybody. Certainly, we saw so that, that with Auburn, Kansas. So yeah, yeah, and I think and I think that's one thing that scares a lot of UNC fans is, is Auburn can really shoot the three. They shoot a lot of threes. So one one or two players gets hot, and all all of a sudden you're down ten in the first half. Um, that's what happened against Iona in the first round. Yeah. They hit uh, like ten threes in the first half, and UNC was down by five at the break. So. Um, that would be a couple things that I think would, would give UNC trouble. But UNC's deep, and they have a lot of different players who can score. And we haven't even talked about this year, Little. You mentioned it, but he, he's averaging 19.5 points in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. He's become that third and fourth scorer. He hasn't had the best season, but things are clicking now. And he is a six-six athletic kind of big man, plays kind of that, a mix between a three and a four. And when Garrison Brooks went out, he was incredible. And, he, I mean, he's been their best player in the tournament so far. And he, we haven't even talked about him. Yeah, th- these last two games have been incredible, 19 and 20 points. And as you said, when it comes to tournament time, one, it's about experience, especially in the backcourt. But it's about finding that third or fourth guy that you weren't quite expecting to kind of step up. And I think both the team, th- these teams have had that happen, uh, Auburn especially, because they've relied so heavily just on two players. Now they've got three and four. It's going to be interesting to watch. Maybe, maybe it'll be a three-point shooting contest. That'll be fun to watch if it's not, if, if it is. Um, but it, it's certainly going to be a good one to watch. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be very electric there in the Sprint Center in Kansas City. Ross Martin of Inside, InsideCarolina.com. Go check him out. Ross, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. No problem. Appreciate it, man. Not many teams have beaten North Carolina. Virginia's one of them. They play a different style, obviously, than Auburn. Though, I will say this. What is one thing that Virginia has in common with Auburn? No, it's not slowing down the pace of the game. It's shooting a three ball. So, 
if Auburn hits their shots, they can beat North Carolina and advance to the Elite Eight, where they'll maybe face Kentucky. Um, it's a very tough regional, guys. Very tough. Probably the toughest one out there, if we're going to be honest. And remember, you know, we were all talking about, hey, Auburn's got a terrible draw here. They have to play New Mexico State, a 31 team that had a 19-game winning streak, and then Kansas. Um, New Mexico State proved to be the toughest opponent. And Bruce Pearl ended up proving to be right when he said that New Mexico State was as good as Kansas. Maybe not necessarily better, and it wasn't really a, you know, degradation of what Kansas was and is, but more or less a uh, a promotion of New Mexico State and what they're able to do. And they play differently. It's all about matchups. It's what basketball is all about. We all know that. And and uh, after you know talking to Ross there, I just wonder where are the mismatches for Auburn? Because it, it certainly sounds like Auburn's not going to be matched up well at at least two spots on the floor, and I would say probably both guard spots, which is bad considering Auburn's three-point shooting prowess, and maybe three spots. But can Auburn win being mismatched, so to speak, at two or three spots on the floor? Yeah, because I think Auburn can be better at two spots on the floor. I think Chumo Kiki is going to be huge in this game, especially if he guards the six-foot-niner at guard, as we were talking about with Ross. If Chumaki's playing really good defense and he's long, he's athletic, that's going to be huge. Chuma's got to start score- scoring, though, and he's got to start scoring underneath the basket a little bit. Bruce Pearl was disappointed in his performance in Utah uh, during the first two rounds offensively. He said he just wasn't finishing when he got opportunities near the basket. And I would say that for almost every player uh, on Auburn's roster other than Jared Harper, uh, Samir Dowdy, Malik Dunbar, Horace Spencer, Austin Wiley – they all had issues finishing around the basket in the first and second round. And if they get opportunities where, you know, it's better than 50-50 that you're going to hit a shot, you got to hit it against North Carolina because, uh, listen, Luke May is going to pull down the rebound if you miss it. It's going to be ultra difficult to out-rebound this North Carolina team. I don't think that should even be a goal of Auburn. I think the goal needs to be, obviously, rebound as much as you can and play, but you got to get more turnovers. You got to win the turnover battle. You got to win the points off turnovers. And um, you can't turn over the ball yourself. Just can't. If Auburn turns the ball over more than uh, 12 times in this game, let's say, they lose. But I, I get the feeling that if Auburn turns this into a three point shooting contest, which very well could happen because North Carolina likes to shoot the three, uh, I, I think Auburn will win it uh, because Auburn's got the better shooters beyond the arc. Overall, in my opinion, um, they're the SEC's all-time single-season three-point shooting team. Uh, they've got Bryce Brown, the number two three-point shooter ever in SEC history. Uh, you got to give Auburn the advantage there. But can Auburn find a way to create some space from these bigger guards to shoot the ball? Can they count on Anthony McLemore to hit a three-pointer or two? Can Chumo Kiki hit one? Can maybe Auburn develop a little bit more of a mid-range game in this game? I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be the ultimate test for the Tigers in Kansas City. Uh, Tip-off time, by the way, Friday at 6.29 p.m. Central Time in Kansas City. The game will be televised on TBS if you're unable to make it. 
And that, and that brings up another thing. I, I'm very interested to see how many Auburn fans show up. Uh, I think North Carolina fans will show up in droves because North Carolina, they're a blue blood on steroids, as Gus, or excuse me, Bruce Pearl would say. And uh, uh, I think a lot of North Carolina fans are going to be there. But that hasn't really bothered Auburn. There were a lot of Kansas fans uh, in Salt Lake City, and I did not see them stand up once during that first that second round game, uh, especially in the first half. After the first half, they just weren't really into it. They're ready to go home. Um, and then, of course, the SEC tournament championship. I mean, that place was eighteen and nineteen thousand fan Tennessee fans in Nashville, and Auburn played in front of that and dominated. So. I don't think that bothers them. So I, I, I don't think that bothers them very much. North Carolina, they've lost six games. Two of those games, neutral sites. But they've played ultra-tough competition. Virginia, Duke, we all know that. They did lose to Texas earlier this season, which is head-scratching to me. It's weird. Texas isn't very good. But it seems like every team has that type of loss you know, on their resume, you know, for Auburn, I would say to a certain extent, it's actually Ole Miss at home. Um, Ole Miss was the type of team that you should be able to beat at home. And they didn't get it done uh, earlier this season, but that that was a while back. This Auburn team's a lot different right now, winning 10 straight games. Uh, In fact, I think Auburn and Carolina, if I'm not mistaken, have the two best winning streaks heading into this game. So for the second time uh, for Auburn in uh, three games, they're facing a team with one of the best winning streaks in the country. You remember New Mexico State had a 19-game winning streak, and Auburn broke that. Can they break North Carolina? And you want to talk about history. I know some of you already know this, but uh, Auburn in 1985, the NCAA tournament, they defeated Kansas 66-64, to Frank Ford, had a nice game, so did Chuck Person. Um, and they beat uh, Danny Manning in Kansas and went to the Sweet 16, which was played in Birmingham against North Carolina. And Auburn lost to North Carolina. Actually, they were getting blown out. Then Auburn made a uh, big run but ended up losing still. It's weird how history repeats itself, but can Auburn – can Auburn make history? Can they reach the Elite Eight? If Auburn reaches the Elite Eight by beating North Carolina, that is uh, humongous. And I don't doubt that they can do it. But they're going to have to play their best game. Um, and I think Auburn fans need to show up, show their support. It's a lot of fun watching these games in the NCAA tournament, guys. Uh, sitting courtside is amazing. Um, I had one ball <laughs> come loose and thrown at me in a, uh, about two feet above my head and I reached up to grab it and tipped it up, actually, and uh, a beat writing partner sitting next to me managed to catch it behind me, which was caught on TV. That was pretty funny. Um, but uh, I need to work on those hands, guys. need to work on it. Uh, plenty of Auburn basketball coverage coming at you this week. I'll be there in Kansas City uh, starting Wednesday. Um, practices, and I think the first media opportunity will be Thursday. I'll be there. Mark Murphy will be there with Inside the Auburn Tigers, which is partnered with Auburn 24-7 Sports. And then, of course, football is going on. Um, We're going to speak to Gus Malzahn and a few players during their off day from practice Tuesday. And then Wednesday, uh, we finally have another open media session. Most reporters will be out of town. But uh, our Jason Caldwell, 
uh, we're expecting to be there. He will be there, uh, I should say. And uh, we'll have the VIP scoop of what's going on in practice Wednesday when it is open to the media. I'll be in Kansas City, so will Mark. Um, but we're going to be covering everything, all sports as always. We're covering softball, baseball, and, of course, Auburn basketball and spring football for you here as uh, the spring months continue. Who thought we'd be talking about Auburn basketball this late in the season, this late in March? Um you know, I was thinking about this earlier. If Auburn had started spring practice, usually when they did, we'd be nearing A-Day right now and still wouldn't really be focused on football. At least the fans wouldn't be. I mean, everybody's just really focused on basketball right now. But we still have a ton of football coverage at auburn.247sports.com. So go check it out. Well, I'm going to jet. We're going to have another podcast later this week. I hope to have a special guest for you guys. I have a guest up my sleeve that I think will provide even more of an interesting angle and insight into the Sweet 16 matchup against North Carolina. So make sure and check us out. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you subscribe to podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play, etc., etc. And spread the word. Review us. Give us a five-star review or four or three or two or one. Do whatever. Just review us. Review us. Let us know you're listening. Let us know what you would like to hear on the podcast. Let us know what you wish would could be improved <laughs> upon. Because, listen, uh, we can all improve, especially myself. Uh, <laughs> we all know that. Now, I wanted, before we actually wrap things up here, I wanted to answer some reader questions. We got a few. I don't know what I can answer here. So... Here's one. Here, here's an here's a question from Sparky over at the bottom. Get a message board at auburn.247sports.com. Do you think Gus will actually use more of his running back depth this season? He has shown a reluctance in the past to use more than one back at a time. Um, I don't know, and I say that just because I think, he, like I said, in any spring, I think he's leaning more toward a Cam Martin type running back and then mixing it in with someone. So, yeah, maybe you see more of a rotation. But as you say, he's shown the reluctance. It's way too early to tell. It's just a spring. And when you hear things about them rotating running backs, so you think that maybe they're going to be doing more depth, that's spring talk. And that's what they do in the spring because they're they're rotating guys at every position, trying to get them – some snaps and playing time to kind of give the, get a better tape on them so they can evaluate them before preseason camp in August. Now I'll say this. I've been told by someone I trust implicitly that DJ Williams, the freshman running back that came in and enrolled early has been fantastic so far. And then Gus Malzahn on Saturday, I believe, I think I read the quote correctly that he hasn't fumbled yet. And man, does Gus Malzahn value the heck out of that? Just like you should value the football. So uh, you could see DJ Williams playing this season and not only playing, but uh, compete for a starting job or at the very least being maybe in the two or three deep, which would be big. But Auburn always plays two running backs. It's just that Gus Malzahn usually relies on one guy near the end of the season. And that's usually led to some injuries or guys being hampered by injuries. Golfer 30 asks, would a pizza vampire be harmed or healed by garlic? Well, judging by the way you structured that sentence, that w- he would be healed by the garlic. 
Because if you're a pizza vampire, that'd be like being a blood vampire, you know. And so blood heals you if you're a blood vampire. But if you're a pizza vampire, that means garlic would be your source for energy. So they would be healed by garlic, not harmed by it like a regular vampire. At least that's my take on it. Based off the way you asked that question, would a pizza vampire be harmed or healed by garlic? And then I'm getting these questions about uh, the Bucky Trendon Watford stuff. Bucky or Bucky McMillan. I guess he's a coach where at Mountain Brook, something like that. And he's got a five-star kid. And there's rumors out there that he's going to go to Alabama as assistant coach. He's going to bring the five-star guy with him. I have not heard that chatter, at least from anybody I've talked to. And to be quite honest, I haven't asked about it. At this time of year when there's a coaching change across the state or a coaching change happens here, you'll hear rumors like this. Like, you hear that this assistant coach is going to be brought on? The way I see it is this. Any head coach that Alabama ends up hiring, they're going to want to hire their staff. They're not going to be want to be told, hey, you're going to go hire this high school coach down the road because it might help you get a recruit. I I don't know. Doesn't mean it can't happen, whether it's Alabama or Auburn. Auburn obviously might be looking for an assistant coach here as Ira Bowman is uh, suspended, even though Auburn hates hearing that word, but he's not coaching. He's not being allowed to coach, so he's suspended. Um, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about that. I I think it's it's something that really gets radio listeners, (laughs) you know, talking or whatever and it's a big discussion I, I i don't know guys i i i haven't heard anything about that all right sweet 16 north carolina auburn friday night 6 29 p.m central time on tbs we will be there follow us at auburn.247sports.com check out our facebook pages our instagram pages doing live stuff on facebook so make sure you're going to check that out plenty of coverage at auburn.247sports.com go sign up for one dollar Try us out for a buck. You don't like it, just you know, unsubscribe. Go check it out. We'd really appreciate it. We'll be back later this week on the podcast. Until then, I'll see you down the road. No one has it covered like 24-7 sports. Go undercover with Auburn Undercover. Auburn Undercover.